everybody, it's He Yang. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge: Rising Stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Yang. I'm joined by Li Yi in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Coming up, to hungry minds out there, please listen up. Have you ever wished for a free lunch? Well, hold on to your forks because we're about to dish out the details on a trend called eat and run meals. And we share with you what's made us happy this week in Roundtable's happy place. Basically, we share what we've read, what we've learned, what we've appreciated in life. Essentially, what's made us happy, and we hope to send those happy vibes to you wherever you are. And should you miss something on the actual air, we've got a podcast, Roundtable China. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform of your choice. And please keep sending us your comments, thoughts, and questions to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. Your voice could be featured in the show in our heart-to-heart segment. And now let's move on to our next topic of discussion today. While we often proclaim there's no such thing as a free lunch, certain rebate platforms appear to defy the saying by offering customers complimentary takeaway meals. A recent trend known as ba wang chan, or literally translated as well, eat and run meals, has gained popularity among frequent takeout consumers, evolving into a burgeoning industry. Typically, on food delivery platforms, payment is required in advance before goods are delivered, and the question arises: How is it possible to eat and run? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, you know, when mentioning ba wang chan or eat and run meals,、uh, after researching this topic, I find it's quite. Different from what I thought it used to be. You know,、mm-hmm. I think like years before, we also have this kind of scheme、uh, promoted by certain review platforms.、Uh, but basically, those restaurants are offering the chance for a small number of customers to enjoy a completely free meal. So that's what we call like eat and run meals. But nowadays, it's more like a paid review to me. <laughs> so you know those restaurants and food delivery platforms or apps—they are basically encouraging customers to participate this promotion and activity, and also to write some positive reviews, and they will receive cash back. So according to those media reports, the process can be quite complicated. Actually,、mm. you have to. Apply for this opportunity in advance, and then once you are lucky enough to be chosen, you can just order a meal on those food delivery platform. And then after you receive your meal, you can just、uh, 
maybe take some photos and upload them and write some positive reviews and also to screenshot and show it to the restaurant or platform and they will just give you the cash back after reviewing it so you, you see that's the paid review to me yeah but anyway it's quite popular among those uh, platforms because restaurants are really using it as a major approach to attract customers to attract more traffic mm. because it's like intermediate cashback and benefits customers cannot really say no to them <laughs> okay so do you see this as bribing your patron and customer and also well there isn't really the free lunch right what do you think josh no i don't think there is a free lunch and we have to remember here that loyal custom is the most valuable asset for any business right rather than the quick purchase. If you have your customer coming back regularly, that is going to be worth way more than having them, you know, different people come one at a time. It's much more stable. Um, it's much more reliable. So businesses have forever been trying to increase loyal custom. And this can be everything from good customer service and people writing good reviews, people coming back for various reasons. But this is a pretty solid way of locking those customers in, in locking that customer loyalty down so um for me i don't really see it as bribery so much um i think that if both parties are benefiting from it i don't see a particular issue mm. with it i guess that the only issue that i would see would be a sort of a monopolization or a takeover by bigger businesses that's going to uh, reduce the chances of more of smaller businesses opening up and being successful but even in my own country in the uk most little independent coffee stores and bakeries that I know, they also have some form of loyalty program, where, whether it's just, you know, a card that you stamp. Every time you buy a coffee, you get a stamp. And after you've bought however many coffees, you get a free cup. It's in essence a similar thing, right? So I think that this is being used everywhere these days. Interesting. Just to play devil's advocate a little bit here. My question here is, though, you know, let's say if I had this meal and I know that I'm supposed to write the review afterwards, but I hated it. It was not good. I found a hair in my coffee. And do you feel like you're obliged to still write a good review because you didn't pay for it? Or, you know, what happens if you know, these reviews get on the platform anyway. And uh, and we know it's already quite difficult to judge from time to time. It takes a pretty shrewd eye on social media or all these rating platforms these days to distinguish between what is authentic and what's not, what's paid and what's voluntary. So what do you think, Li Yi? Well, I know that's actually a lot of people who are participating in such uh, campaigns are struggling with because they feel like uh, they are obligated to give positive feedback because they are registering for this. And however, they are not really that satisfied with the meal. And uh, so, so that's why people are saying there isn't really such thing as a free lunch. <laughs> you know, you are paid to do this and somehow you feel you have to do this. But the thing is that, as you said, I think uh, as e-commerce and food delivery businesses booming uh, in China and also in other parts of the world, reviews can be so important for customers. 
I think a majority of、uh, customers would just rely on reviews、mm. before buying certain、uh, products online.、Mm. So that's the tricky part here because I think most part of the customers they expect to get genuine、um, feedbacks and comments on those platforms, so、uh, to help them to make the correct.、Uh, Uh, choices, but the thing is that you can't really underestimate the power of finance. <gasps> you know that's the、uh, analysis of some people saying、uh, the magic of this kind of ba wang chen or loyalty programs. Because when you are offering those cash incentives to customers, it can be quite encouraging. You know, actually, people are encouraged to provide positive feedbacks when they know they can get. Immediate benefits like cash or some other gifts. So that's how I think companies and businesses, not only restaurants and food delivery com- companies, have been doing their business since long time ago.、Mm. Josh, so how do you feel about these eat and run meal schemes? Well, I think that it's incredibly valuable, and I think that positive reviews, reviews in general, have become. A real headache for businesses. They've also become really important and profitable for them. It's a double-edged sword because if it goes well for you, it can mean that your business immediately has incredible advertising power. It is immediately automatically marketed,、mm-hmm. right? If it's got five stars and it's got a lot of good reviews, it's through these review websites. It is immediately marketed really well, which otherwise, before all of this, decades before. Um, online reviews. Companies would spend so much money on marketing, on advertising, but these days it's about getting those reviews. So it, it makes a lot of sense to me, and it's also fantastic for data collection for these companies as well. Or you know, ordering habits and preferences, things like this. So retaining this kind of data, as we know, data is so profitable these days when it comes to marketing as well. And so this also gives businesses an opportunity to enhance their products,、mm-hmm. know what their customers. Are and are not buying. So, from the consumer point of view, myself, I don't really see too much issue with it. I personally don't care for it that much because I like to diversify what I'm buying quite a lot. If I do order food online, which is less and less these days,、um, and I find it quite annoying,、mm. though I must say, all these sort of pop-ups and、mm. advertisements, especially. In China, when I'm ordering, I notice on a lot of the apps that I use when I use them, I get all sorts of advertisements and potential deals popping up, and it's partially to do with my、um, level of Chinese that I find this annoying because I understand maybe seventy percent of it, but also I find it quite invasive sometimes、mm-hmm. when all I really want to do is order food.、Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that might be more of a personal preference because it must be working,、mm-hmm. but it is. A bit of an overload these days when you've got so many different companies on one app and they've all got their own deals and they're all pushing for your eyeball time. Yeah,、right? and also Josh, you're talking to somebody who's、uh, completely given up. I don't believe that the goddess of fortune would ever lay her benevolent eyes on me. I've never won anything for free in my life, so therefore. <laughs> This is not going to happen to me. I know there must be some kind of catch,、mm. and it's coming after me once I click or give in to whatever scheme this is. So I've just never fallen for it, and I've just honestly opened my wallet, or even if it's a digital wallet, and and just pay the full amount. <sighs> 
Like sometimes, I, I'm sure a lot of you, if you live in China, you probably have encountered this situation, especially if it's a new opening of a restaurant or a cafe or or some sort of establishment like that, and then. They would gently push for a positive review with one free coffee、yeah. or one free dessert or something like that, and、um, there there are moments I'm I'm a little bit sort of like okay I want to be the good citizen in giving this review so I will not accept that well unless it's like an absolutely delicious maybe like a lava cake or something never mind so my question to you though here Li Yi is that. There is still a bit of a quote-unquote free element here. That is, maybe the customer isn't necessarily paying directly for this meal. So who's footing the bill in these eat-and-run schemes these days? Well, I think it could be paid by the restaurants or could be paid by the platforms. Although in most cases, I believe it's the restaurants because, especially for as you said, for restaurants or cafes who are newly opened, they they are desperately looking for such reviews because a, a lot of times it is because the platform. Uh, I mean the rules of the platform. I mean they have to gain as many reviews as possible, so that they can be promoted、uh, on that platform and in a more positive cycle to attract more customers. So that's I mean the con of such a <laughs> scheme as well, because you have to consider whether the financial cost of offering such cashback、uh, could really. In a way, against the potential increase in your sales and customer retention. I mean,、mm-hmm. that's the very、uh, precise calculation have to be done. I mean, for those restaurants or cafes who are eager to participate in such scheme,、mm-hmm. and also I think maybe they should also look for certain or to look for the right targeted audience because it's not really everyone who are into such scheme. I mean, some people they are maybe super into such scheme and.、Uh, Such as young people and also people who are more willing to leave comment on platform, then they could be a target audience、mm-hmm. of such you know scheme. But then, as somebody like you and Josh, maybe <laughs> they can't really attract you to you know leave a comment at all, even、mm-hmm. by offering fresh cash, right? So finding the correct and target audience could be so important when they are trying to. Implement such tactic, I think. Yeah. Oh dear, Li Yi.、Um, let's not make that sweeping、uh, <laughs> statement just yet.、Okay. There's a lot of things that I would do for cash. You know, it's just you know, how much are we talking about here? <laughs> um, but but is there a legal aspect? Well, I think that of course, doing anything through artificial means may be on the fringes of being. Illegal.、Um, actually, according to an attorney in Shanghai called Xu Chao, from the perspective of the anti-unfair competition law, such behavior goes against the principles of honesty and credibility, violating、uh, recognized business ethics. Objectively, it results in a loss of authenticity and objectivity in the platform's relevant data, directly impacting and undermining the credibility of the data and evaluation systems established by other competitors. So. Basically, it means that you have to do this in a fair way. I guess、um, I'm still a bit unclear about how you would do that unfairly、uh, from the perspective of the consumer rights protection law,、mm-hmm. creating a false appearance. This could be one way that you could do this unfairly through fake orders、um, can disrupt the normal business order in society and can be considered a violation of consumers' right to information. 
um, regarding consumers who participate in the rebate industry chain of food delivery, Xu Chao pointed out that they believe if consumers are unaware of the operators or organizers' fake order objectives and they do not have any subjective intention to engage in such activities, simply enjoying the benefits of free consumption, then this behavior is not considered illegal. But for me personally, although I understand all of this, it still sounds like a real gray area. Don't you agree? I always follow the law. <laughs> I mean a gray area from the perspective yeah, I know. of the vendor. I mean, if I was to be selling food online, um, and I read this, you know, you'd have to really consider what would be, you know, fair or unfair for the consumer and what information would be real or not. I mean, I guess that it could be quite simple in that whatever you promise to give the customer, whatever is advertised, whatever gift you promise to give them, you actually follow through with that, you know, and mm -hmm. give them exactly what they, they want. But in the food industry, I, I guess that can be complicated sometimes. Mm. But just read the legal code and get your legal counsel in place. Um, and and yes, I think this... every time you order food, that's <laughs> I don't even read the fine print of whatever I'm agreeing to the terms and uh, uh, agreements actually on these uh, digital platforms. And I'm not the only one, but still, you know. <laughs> All right, coming up next, Roundtable's Happy Place. Delivery, delivery, delivery. What is it? Happiness from Round Table. Li Yi, what's your happy place? Well, it's just a very normal habit, um, but I think it really makes me happy. Recently, um, just a, a walk after a meal. You know, I know it's winter and the, the chilly weather may discourage people from going outside for a walk. And also it can be particularly challenging for us, I mean, to have a routine walk after a meal because normally we record a show during the lunch break. But I think it's still very important to have the walk every day, no matter what, because I find recently that it can really make me mentally and physically healthy. Mm. Uh, we know that walking after a meal carries various benefits and which can contribute to overall happiness and they can improve your digestion and clear your mind. And also I recently I read an article saying that it can also help regulate the blood sugar levels. Uh, scientists have also found that going for a 15 minute walk after a meal can reduce blood sugar levels, which can really help word of complications. Um, even just a few minutes of walking can also generate these benefits. And more importantly, I find walking after a meal such attractive because it really provides a valuable time of a me time for me. That can be especially helpful for people who are highly sensitive because usually walking outdoor involves a lot of, you know, connection with the natural environments. And I think highly sensitive people often feel a strong connection to nature. And many of them might just find peaceful moments outdoors. So that's why I would say, you know, Go for a walk after a meal, even it's in a cold winter and you just get a fresh and healthy brain and body. Yeah, that's very nice. I wish, you know, there's more opportunities for that, even sure. if for the Roundtable team, or at least for those who are on the show, who don't regularly get those opportunities right after your lunch break. Well, maybe 
uh, after supper walk yeah. is is what yeah, most sure. people can do. And also, like mini walks are、mm. more practical for daily workers as well. Yeah, Josh, what do you have for us? Well, recently I had the privilege of hearing, for the first time, in concert, an instrument called the Lu Sheng. Did I say that correctly, Lu Sheng?、Um, and it is a traditional Miao instrument. Actually, it's a traditional wind instrument. Um, that holds great cultural significance among the Miao ethnic group,、um, which is one of the largest ethnic minorities in China. And it's a really unique instrument. I have never really seen anything quite like it.、Um, some of them are quite differently shaped. Some of them look almost like a skyscraper. They're very tall instruments, and they're quite beautiful. And I'd never heard one in person before, although I'd seen pictures of it. And it sounds kind of like. A harmonica, at least、mm-hmm. if I was to compare it to anything that I'd heard before, and it was a really beautiful instrument, and、um, it got me thinking about you know the importance of instruments because, especially in relation to cultural significance and the preservation of culture. And after listening to this instrument, I did a little bit of research and I read up a little bit about how this instrument serves really as an essential accompaniment to various. Miao folk songs, dances, and rituals,、um, and things like this, and I think it really just goes to show that something as seemingly simple as an instrument like that is actually so important for the preservation of a culture because、um, it allows us to, you know, in a similar way that language also does in the preservation of local languages, it allows to pass things down through、mm-hmm. generations through things like songs. Um, through musical performances, and yeah, I I I really enjoyed it. So I encourage anybody to go and check out this really interesting shaped and interesting sounding instrument. At least it is for me as a foreigner. Maybe you've all heard of it already, and it,、uh, it sounds kind of funny to you hearing me talk about it like this. No, it's it's great to hear from you about it, and certainly I don't think most of us Chinese people have. Listen to you know ancient music or you know the truly Chinese musical instruments enough, and it's really fascinating to learn about all these different types of、um, string instruments or this particular one, lusheng that Josh has just mentioned. And I know there are like some Chinese symphony pieces. Being played in、um, concert halls, as such, and then there's you know a whole symphony of different types of Chinese musical instruments, all playing in congruence together, and that's that's really nice as well. And、uh, yeah, the last time I went to one of those concerts was like ten years ago, and yeah, not as cultured as you are, Josh, but、um, I'm working working on it. And、uh, what I have for you is this piece of news I saw earlier in the week, and it just got my mouth watering. Okay, I challenge if you've read it as well on social media already. The Goose Leg Lady.、Ah, <laughs> I heard of it, and、right. it's so popular on social media. A lot of like short video platforms. I mean, is that the auntie who is selling very delicious goose、yes. legs? Yeah,、uh, she's been doing business、uh, kind of off campus yeah, in yeah. Tsinghua and Peking University, and apparently she's become a bit of an Internet sensation,、um, and therefore she's selling more than two hundred goose legs 
um, it, it sounds like a bento box what she's selling, and uh, people really love it. Initially, it was the students and faculty staff who would be her patrons, but now, um, obviously, her fame has reached so many people. And see, ideally, you would have thought this is great for small businesses, right? But actually, um, yesterday when I checked, Goose Lady isn't particularly happy with this instant fame because um, with the capacity of only her and her husband in the kitchen, she basically cannot meet the hot demand of uh, goose leg dishes these days. So yeah, initially it made me happy because I see resilience, I see entrepreneurship, and also just, you know, this lady and her husband working really hard and putting their heart into these dishes and bento boxes that they're selling to um, students. But now with all this, in a way, unwanted attention, she's kind of under distress. So, well, yeah, I would actually like to ask both of you, do you think maybe this instant fame has somehow become a little bit of a negative thing? Oh, that's a very tricky question, <laughs> you know, uh, because I've followed a lot of like foodie vloggers on Bilibili and they have been like, exploring a lot of small restaurants who are unknown to the public and yet they have very great food. And so they just, uh, you know, shoot videos there and suddenly that restaurant could just become so famous overnight. And so that just uh, a large number of people just flood into that restaurant. And uh, many of them, like many of those restaurants cannot really afford or cannot really you know, to operate like in full scale to mm. support, I mean, to provide enough uh, food for such a large number of traffic. But the thing is that if they don't really have such attention, maybe it could be even impossible for them to survive. So that's why I think for those goose like auntie, <laughs> I mean, the news itself could be quite inspiring, uh, seeing that, you know, young people, they're supporting like small businesses in a such positive way. Well, well Josh, do you have some thoughts about this? Um, you know, this lady, she's actually, she's under a lot of distress with all these uh, orders coming in all of a sudden, like 20 times more than what it used to be. Yeah, well, I mean, it does sound very stressful, but it sounds like a pretty good problem to have if it's <laughs> dealt with properly, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, there's, there's, we've spoken a few times about certain businesses that have overstretched themselves and have developed too quickly. So I think that the main thing to do here is to not rush anything and probably just, you know, build slowly. Even if you have this massive sudden influx of people, um, I think that probably get some help, get some assistance um, from some other people that understand the business and are going to help you sustain this business in the long term. But yeah, it does sound a bit stressful. Mm. See, that's the thing. Not everybody wants to expand their business. And I think this is a really comforting thought that not everybody wants to have 10 franchises and build a conglomerate. There are some of us who are just happy with what we are doing right in front of us and having that close, friendly, heartfelt connection with the people in front of you. And and that's good enough. Well, yeah, thanks, guys. I think you just um, helped me find my revelation and uh, just made my happy place just a tad happier. But you know what? When it comes to Cantonese-style roast goose leg... 
the divine symphony of crispy perfection and succulent tenderness, and that golden skin, always a testament to culinary craftsmanship. That's always my happy place. <laughs> Good to know. I am a few hungry right now. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Thank you so much, Lee and Josh Cotterell, for joining the discussion. I'm Ha Young. We'll see you next time. Bye.